big stout night. <laughs> I'm doing my part. I failed. <laughs> to be fair, both of us forgot there was a show tonight at all. So here we are. True. All right. Hey, I see us. Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone. Episode 261. Your once weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm Rhett. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you all so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek. All Super Chats are read on the air so long as they will not permanently demonetize the channel. We do drink alcohol on the show. And tonight, in honor of Thanksgiving, we're going to be having some, well, I'm going to be having some, but... uh, uh, some of my patrons and Discord members are going to be having some uh, fairly large stouts, so we'll be uh, probably talking a fair bit about those as we go along in the show. But if you're drinking along with us, please do let us know what you're drinking, alcoholic or not, in the chat, and we'll give some shout-outs as we go. Last but not least, if you'd like to take part in the super-secret chat and the even more super-secret after-party, think about joining the Patreon. Link is down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to said Discord server, where you can talk with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all of the hosts from Talking Heads, and join the awesome community that hangs out over there. Of course, I've got to do the social media thing and you know take pictures of my uh, my beers for the night. Naturally, naturally, I, I have one that I don't need to uh, take pictures of. I'm drinking the Travel Agent New Zealand IPA from Ten Barrel Brewing. Um, I, I thought you were going to say, you know, Rainier, beer that needs no introduction. A beer that needs... No, I wish. That would have been smart. But uh, actually, the last couple of times I got to the grocery store, they've been out of Rainier. So <sighs> I had to settle for 10, for 10 Barrel, which is a great brewery. However, a lot of people think that they sold out. You know, it's like not the same anymore, but... They're totally my, the same. Yeah. They don't... They don't make a bad beer. And uh, it's Anyone who like, genuinely drank 10 Barrel before the InBev buyout... <laughs> yeah doesn't exactly. hold that opinion exactly yeah uh i think it's really great and uh i am going to be drinking it from the bottle tonight it's just one of those weeks so bear with us yep yeah uh as i kind of alluded to there i actually completely forgot it was wednesday all day oh yeah uh until oh, 5 26 yeah. <laughs> yep same yep I'm well Granted, I guess I remembered it at five. But. Right. Yeah, Rhett happened to call me and say, hey, what's the plan for the show tonight? And I was talking to my neighbor, and I'm like, oh, I'll call Rhett back in a minute. Like, what's he want at five o'clock on a whatever day this is? And, and Yeah, before uh, a holiday. Right. Jesus, jackass Jeez, Go here. home. <laughs> for once in your life, do something right. <laughs> Never. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, I spent all day kind of just not even thinking about it. And because it's not, it's also not my week, although it is. Um, me and Steve switched from last week. Mm-hmm. I So I didn't think about it until it was way too late. And I was like, oh my God, like, what are we doing? You know, I know in years <laughs> past, we've we've sort of called it on this Thanksgiving Eve. Um, but not this year. We're, uh, we're no, actually, it. you usually end up filling in on this day because uh, Rhett and or Rhett, uh, Steve and John have their family Thanksgiving on Wednesday, 
every year. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think I've had one other person fill in, but typically this is your show. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, you think I'd stop forgetting it. And I'm right. like, well, what? And then I do the thing. I'm like, well, what day was... It's only been five years, Rhett. Yeah. And I go, what day was Thanksgiving on last year? Hmm. <laughs> Uh, 24th? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a All right. target. So, uh, anyway. Uh, speaking of large stouts, uh, like I said, this, this idea was all kind of spearheaded by Skull. Uh, I, I pulled three out of the fridge, and we'll see which ones I get to. Because uh, I doubt I'm going to drink them all. If I do... This is going to be a long show. Uh, so I've got an Android Theory. Uh, this one is golden? Golden, I think. No. Coven. Coven. Sorry, I, I need to start reading metal. Yeah, uh, you got to get with it. Bro. Coven. You can't read that? That's very obviously says know, Coven. No, Coven. Coven. Russian Imperial Stout, uh, what I can read is on the side where it says 12%. Uh, so 12% Russian Imperial Stout from Adroit Theory. I love that they're so metal that you can barely read their font, but also they got to follow the rules. Yeah, there's still <laughs> laws. <laughs> we there's can't, nothing more metal than laws. We can't fully <laughs> subvert the man. Uh, let's see. This one looks very intriguing this one is from new holland brewing this is the dragon's milk reserve and one that i have not had before this is the 2021 reserve number one bourbon barrel aged stout with peanut butter cocoa nibs and natural flavors uh this one clocks in at 10 percent, so a little bit lighter uh but uh dragon's milk obviously favorite of pretty much Everyone on the show, uh, all, all four of us here at Craft Computing, and uh, this one. Let me talk about the third one first before I wax poetic about that one. Dogfish Head, Worldwide Stout. This is the Worldwide Stout that uh, they don't even have like a name for it. Oh uh, it's usually they they'll have like. Uh, Elijah Craig edition or, uh, uh, gosh, what's the Sam Adams, uh, Utopia's edition, uh, where they, they will barrel age their stouts in very famous whiskey barrels and, and whatnot. And it becomes that edition. This one is simply a very dark beer brewed with a ridiculous amount of barley. Mm. It doesn't nice. have their traditional worldwide stout, like burned barrel, you yeah. know, label to it. It's just a very dark beer brewed with a ridiculous amount of barley. Uh, and this one, I don't see the ABV on, but I know it's high. Like high. 15%. It, it's I mean, much higher than that. You get into like barley wine territory. Right. Um, which I did also have a 17% barley wine that I heavily considered. Uh, but, uh, boy, these all sound good. (laughs) 5.9% over here. So yeah, I'll drive. Well, we'll tell you what, as, as my designated driver, you tell me which one you want me to crack open. Oh, wow. I get to pick, I get to pick your first beer. Yes. Oh man. 
Oh, man. Well, part of me just wants to go straight for the dragon's milk, but I'm most interested in the dogfish head. All so, right, So do the dogfish head. All right. It's just YOLO, you know? Dog, dogfish head, worldwide stout, a very dark beer brewed with a ridiculous amount of barley. By the way, thank you, John Jay, for sending this one over. You thought I forgot. I did not. All right. You should drink it out of the bottle like me, though. Come on, I get to choose. Mmm. <laughs> oh. Yum. Oh, my. <laughs> I'm going to try to pour this um, and create a head. Okay. Now, number one, this is not the darkest beer I've ever seen. Oh, my God. It's almost red. Yeah, it it's it's a burgundy brownish color. Yeah. Wow. Um, you saw how aggressive that pour was. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Um, oh, untapped says 18%. Yeah, I'm driving. <laughs> I'm driving. You're definitely driving. God, you I might, just got a headache reading that. You, you might be driving the show. <laughs> Skull Come on, got boys, the mods are asleep. We're talking Morrowind. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, welcome to the show, everyone. Oh, my God. This is delicious. Um, oh, sounds delicious. So we've got over in Chatland, uh, some people want to talk about uh, the 12 volts power delivery, high power cable for NVIDIA. We'll probably touch on that a little bit. Um, I did talk about uh, Gamers Nexus kind of diving into that and doing a lot of testing. And I stated I hadn't watched his video yet and that NVIDIA had yet to make much of a statement, but they were aware of the issue. Uh, and uh, kind of gave my opinion and my two cents, both on the investigation side of it, the journalism side of it, as well as the consumer side of things and my perspective. Uh, and I've got I've got some some thoughts on it as well. So... We'll uh, we'll dive into that. Uh, let's see. Sean is drinking a New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Juice Force Hazy Imperial IPA, nine point five percent. Richard says, "Love you guys. It helps me out so much. I build a lot of old computers, and I usually end up getting them away, giving them away for what it costs me to build them. So I do appreciate it. Awesome. Uh, I used to do." a lot of that uh, through a couple churches that I worked with uh, where I would um, basically build computers for, for seniors and whatever, whatever my parts cost was, was just what it was. And I would often go over and install it for them and get them set up and get their email up and running and things like that. Um, I've a number of, of uh, people I did that for, for many, many years. Uh, let's see. Uh, hello from India, says Tanmay. Hello. It's a long way well, away. Uh, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Is there any more American way that I can... Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> what are you guys having for Thanksgiving dinner? <laughs> Wait, didn't they, like, give us corn and stuff? Yeah. I mean... Columbus was looking for the East Indies, you know, or, or the West Indies. So, you know, it was really what a really interesting fact that they don't touch on enough when they're teaching young American boys and girls, um, people about 
Thanksgiving, right? Remember being in elementary school and you're learning about Thanksgiving. You're like, yeah, the, the pilgrims came over and they were having a hard time. And so the American Indian said, hey, we got some food. Let's share. Uh, literally, the first American Indian that they met went down and in perfect English said, do you guys have any beer? <laughs> yeah. And that is a true story. Yes. He spoke perfect English. Yep. <laughs> because obviously... Uh, there had been a lot of back and forth already. Yes. So Weird. Weird. Yeah. Yet I just Columbus think that Day, that would be... still a day on the calendar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I listened to a podcast about his, uh, his exploits, and it's even worse than you think. Like, you go... Oh, it's bad. You go, okay, why do they want to, like, move it to Indigenous People's Day or whatever, away from Columbus Day? And it kind of makes sense on the surface. You go, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, I'm in the 21st century now. I'm, uh -huh. I'm with the program. Yeah. Uh, but then you really look into it, like, what he did. And it's so much worse. Like, the king, uh, the Queen of Spain was just, like, imprisoned him. Like, literally clapped him in irons because of, like, the atrocities that he had done. Yeah. And we're talking, like, royalty of 16th century uh, people, you know, 15th and 16th century, like S second they... only to your deity. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> they thought it was bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're just like, they're like, can you stop bringing people over here? Like, we don't like, this is insane. <laughs> like, yeah, the things, things got pretty. Yeah. Bad. Uh, skull starting with a revolution brewing death's tar imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels 14.8%. So skull is on the board and trailing by a good 3.2%. Uh Novella <laughs> hey, there's a leaderboard here. <laughs> if I'm starting out with an 18%, I'm I'm claiming the leaderboard, okay? I'm so sorry. I, if I knew that this was going to be like a round robin, like uh, March Madness situation. I probably would have stepped up my game. Well, you're you're like a 16 seed going in right now. I mean, this <laughs> yeah. is the bracket. You're looking yeah. at it. Yeah. I don't think there's any Wonder Dog story for me uh, this year, but yeah, St. Joe's coming in with a 5.9 percent hazy IPA. <laughs> They had a great season, and uh, this this one happens to be fresh hopped. But uh, we'll see how they they hold up as the the tides roll into darker malts. <laughs> uh, all I can hear is like Dick Vitale in my head right now. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Novella has got an epic brewing, Big Bad Baptiste uh, Black Forest Cake Stout. I have had that one, and it is phenomenal. Um, in fact, I think I still have one of those in my fridge. I've, I know I have a, a 2020 or 2021 peanut butter cup. And I think I also have a, uh, a black forest cake, uh, 11 and a half percent Epic Brewing, Salt Lake city, Utah. Uh, Eric Sell says who else is drinking NyQuil tonight? Definitely not seeing my family tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, we're kind of in the same boat at my house, uh, as Jeff, uh, is well aware this yeah. week is. I call. I had to call a mulligan this morning. I was just like, "We need a redo, man," because man, it's been awful. Uh, yeah, it has been awful. Anybody who's got like kids in the school system or daycare too, like you've probably been hit just as hard. Like I swear, like since September, I have been perpetually sick. Right, and uh, uh, what's what's funny is 
At PDX LAN, I saw you struggle for five and a half hours with a single boss in Dark Souls. Um, no, it was Elden Ring. <laughs> or, or that's what I meant. Yeah, Elden close Ring. Close enough. Close enough. It's yeah. a dark. It's a Souls game. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, man, you went straight from that to like Lion King for the SNES, and and yeah. you're just you're at the point you're you're running through the 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 stampede right now. <laughs> and you're about ready to throw the controller and hit the reset button. Like you're, that's oh, November yeah. for you right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> it, it literally is. Yeah, that. <laughs> I don't know if you need to pick different games. Like committed to beating Lion King. <laughs> like uh, if I turn it off, I got to start all over. Um, yeah, it's been pretty it's true. awful. It's true. Uh, and then yeah, so we're probably not seeing family tomorrow too. Um. And we had big plans for Friday that might be pushed, but we'll see what happens. You know, we're hoping to rally. We got everything squared away now, but uh, not looking good. Not looking good in Rhett's household. Uh, let's see. Eric, who else is drinking NyQuil tonight? I'm definitely not seeing my family tomorrow. Yeah, as uh, that's the what I just yeah, I know. read. <laughs> I, I, sorry, I was trying to. I was trying to see where the NyQuil comment came from. I didn't oh, gotcha. quite hear the name. And Skull referenced it just later down. And uh, Skull says, bourbon barrel-aged NyQuil? <laughs> there you go, yeah. Right. Uh, you know, he may actually have me beat as far as proof goes, as far as ABV, because NyQuil's, you know, high teens, low 20s. Dude, NyQuil goes hard. I One of the things, see, you can't do it nearly as much as a parent of a young kid who is also sick. God, I used to look forward to like when I could take NyQuil and just like stuff ran off the chain. You have the craziest dreams of all time. Like one time I had a dream that I was like running in a pack of wolves and I'd like turned into a werewolf and then they started like eating my flesh and I tore my skin off. It was pretty cool. I, I don't know how we got there. <laughs> NyQuil. Ny oh, NyQuil. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. Yeah, not going to share that story. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Michael says he is uh, making mashed potatoes and twice baked potatoes. What are you guys making for Thanksgiving? Um, we usually handle the desserts. Our family usually brings the desserts. Uh, so my wife has uh, celiac disease. And so she's not gluten-free for the wokeness of it like she's gluten-free because it's autoimmune and will kill her uh so uh but uh that being said we usually handle the pastries and and some of the side dishes and, and that kind of thing so uh today she made a uh pound cake i believe in the morning she's baking an apple pie uh, and she is one heck of a baker, mainly because she had to be, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. was not great when we met, uh, but, uh, she had also, this was terrific. So, so we met and, uh, two months into our relationship, she was diagnosed with celiac. And, and so she's been celiac basically as long as we've been together. Uh, well, probably even longer. Pro but. 
<laughs> right, but it's something that surfaces with, yeah. especially with women in your late teens, early twenties. And oh, uh, gotcha. Okay, right, that makes sense. Um, or it, it can it can manifest earlier. Uh, yeah. In fact, one of my daughters is also celiac, uh, and we knew by three. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, so in that time, it's been really interesting watching her progression of baking and, and cooking and, and grilling and everything else as she gets better and better and better. And, uh, I'm still phenomenal at doing burgers and steaks and, and barbecue and things like that. Oh man, she has me beat for any kind of specialty dish. Anything that requires more than three steps, she <laughs> annihilates me at cooking. It's, it's not even close. We, uh, we were planning on doing a, a vegan, uh, Thanksgiving this year. So I was going to make like a, uh, sort of like a chickpea dish, uh, like a sort of like a hummus bowl, chick roasted chickpea type situation. Nice. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to that. I still might make it, but, uh, that does sound good. Yeah. It's not too bad. Like basically you roasted chickpeas and I, everyone's like hummus and chickpeas. What the hell are you doing? Um, but you roast the chickpeas and you season them. Uh, and then you basically kind of have like a, a cucumber salad type situation with some like balsamic vinegar, uh, vinegar. And, uh, yes, you, you put the hummus around the sides of your bowl, make a little bed with your, with your cucumber salad. Uh, and then, uh, put the roasted chickpeas on top and it is delicious a little garnish with a little bit of, uh, lemon juice and a slice of lemon there on top and you're good to go. That does sound good. That sounds oh, really yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Uh, my wife makes a essentially a twice-baked breaded chicken breast that's stuffed with mozzarella. Ooh. Oh, God. There we go. Oh, God. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Now, somebody says we're going to have to share all of our food porn on social media, so... Oh, I'm um, sure we will. I'm, I'm sure we will. Well, everybody is sharing their lewds now that Twitter is going down, so I'm hoping that we can get Jeff's lewds, but uh, that aside, maybe I'll, we can... Uh, I'll go topless, like... What, shirts for skins? Right. Bro, you've never been there in the after party. I don't know what you're talking about. You're talking a big game right now, but it's just me and Rom. <laughs> uh, I think I did post one at one point. Uh, I, I did post a topless pic. Of me? No, well, <laughs> not to the public channels. <laughs> but, uh, but maybe maybe uh, we can get some food lewds going down. Yeah. You know? That's that's usually what the 10 forward chat in Discord turns into for that's the next true, couple yeah. of days yeah. is, is our, our food lewds, our food porn. Yeah. Now we're talking. What are you going to pass out to? Right. <laughs> I am. I am a sucker for some food porn too, man. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, my uh, one of my friends recently got a job um, as like a food blogger, and so they had have had to learn like food photography and uh -huh. in light of also doing this like food blogging. They have to like try these recipes, write them down, write the blog, and just like capture some. And dude, some of the photos of the food, I'm like, you kidding me? That's just like makes my mouth water looking at this. So you mentioned learning food photography, and the first thing I in my head went like, well, I've gotten really good at beer photography, and <laughs> and you know how to, how to align those subject matter and and make it look interesting and things like that. And then my mind clicked over to John and his Instagram. Uh, tilted phone, 
you know, beer porn that he he likes yeah. to post. Um, and that reminded me that just a couple of days ago, I got reminded of a quick and dirty Photoshop that I did of... Uh, uh, John said what I thought I'd be doing in my 30s, and it was uh, a guy holding a phone taking a picture of his kid, and it said what I'm actually doing in my 30s, and it was him taking a picture of a, a <laughs> bottle of beer. Well, I photoshopped it to make the phone sideways in the dude's hand, so he was doing the Instagram lean. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Nobel right. says uh, no more Twitter for you, Craft Computing and Rhett. Um, well, I mean, we're still on it. We're still on it. Um, I'm going harder than ever. <laughs> I'm I'm posting a lot more on Mastodon. Uh, How's that been working for you? Uh, so far, so good. Um, I uh, used the uh, Fetty Finder, the Federated Services Finder, mm -hmm. uh, to basically track down as many of... Uh, the people that I follow and wanted to follow uh, that I do on Twitter over on Federated Services. Um, and uh, for those that don't know, Federated Services, it sounds like a buzzword and things like that. Um, do you notice how no one owns email? That's because it's a Federated Service. You can host your own instance of whatever you want and it will communicate via open standards with whoever else wants to run those open standards. But there are standards in place and each service host can host its own moderation and have their own content policies and, and they can charge, they can, they can do whatever they want. Um, Mastodon and other federated services are not unlike email, mm. uh, where Mastodon has basically created a uh, set of protocols, which they would say, you want to run an instance of Mastodon? Cool. Here's the set of protocols that we run. Here's the way you can log in. We will recognize your address, your your at, your handle, uh, at your specific server, and you can post on other servers, and we will distribute it out based on other servers' policies and things like that. You can moderate. You can whatever else. Uh, but you will follow this specific protocol, and, and that's what a federated service is. Um, yeah. So really all social media needed, I feel, was a swift kick in the rear end. Like it got the last couple of weeks for people to go like, maybe Bo Burnham was right, that maybe we shouldn't have invested 20 years of our lives into conglomerate corporations and billionaires telling us and and profiting off our every emotion and whim and yeah well it's kind of interesting when you think about it like what what's interesting to me is that like the sort of centralization of the internet that we've witnessed over the last 10 12 ish years mm -hmm. maybe more than that like since the late aughts like has been as bad as it has been good you know, like, right. I feel like you're probably one of these people like I am where my experiences on Twitter have been largely positive, where it's Absolutely. like a, a lot of people are just like, you know, they, they're just like, well, like Twitter's going down. So like, you know, that's got to be good, right? You hate Twitter. I'm like, 
I talk shit about this place like everybody else does, but at the same time, like a lot of great things have happened to me because of the people that I've met on there. Correct. I've made like, so many fantastic connections. And if you if you use Twitter not just for for S posting, uh yeah. you if you use Twitter for its intended purpose, which was connect every person to every person. That was the the root goal of Twitter was, right. hey, if you see Arnold Schwarzenegger with a check mark by his name, that's him. And yeah. you can, if you tweet something at him and he decides to respond, he'll see it. Yeah. But if he decides to respond, you just literally made a connection with that specific other person. Yeah. Um, that was Twitter's original purpose. And not... Not at the fault of Twitter, because Twitter still is a business. Um, they they started going less timeline and less chronological and more towards algorithm-based engagement because they had to drive up engagement to increase advertising revenue because that's how that site makes money. Yeah. And it came at the detriment of organic engagement and and networking and and peer finding and things like that. And those are the reasons that I joined Twitter and started to use it as heavily as I did was I so enjoy reaching out to others not only in my industry but in other parallel and non-parallel yeah. industries. The 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 number of contacts and friends that I yeah. have made, both both business, personal, interpersonal, whatever. Yeah. Um there's no second and there's no easy slide in replacement for that. No, you know, and, and I, I don't know, you know, you're a man of many talents. I think your career has had less of a wibbly wobbly double helix type thing than mine has had. But like one of the things I always struggled with, with professional social media, um, is that I've had like multiple completely unaffiliated careers that I'd like to foster, right? Like what I'm doing with craft computing is in no way, shape or form relatable, connectable, translatable to the other career that I mm -hmm. had before this. And what I did there, uh, what I did before this is not in no way relatable, connectable to some of the other things that I'd like to expand on and put on my resume, right? But Twitter is that place where it doesn't matter. Right. Like I can have all three hats on at the same time. You're still just Rhett and you yes. still have all of these different yes. things that you bring to the table that other people may be interested in and right. vice versa. And, right. And the best part is I can be plugged into tech Twitter. I can be plugged into writing Twitter, music mm -hmm. Twitter, game dev Twitter. Uh, I can be plugged into the Twitter of my my old professional career. I can mm -hmm. be plugged into Twitter. Like there are so many spheres that I can be plugged into at once that and and the beauty is is that even though I would say my Twitter presence in general is probably not exactly what the professional spheres would want or be comfortable with the people that I connected with mm -hmm. in those spheres didn't care because they were in that same boat, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody had two Twitter handles where it was like, you know, I'm at red is awesome. But then I also had at red is professional with my suit and tie and my, my headshot that looks that like it was right. all the same thing. And everybody who was on it was the same thing. And there right. was no consideration. Like, it's not like, you know, 
it's sort of like how LinkedIn sort of became like a Facebook clone. Like you had <laughs> Facebook and then you would use LinkedIn. Right. Because right. you wanted the people that were headhunting or doing whatever to see your the professional side of you. Um, I don't know. I just... It, it, as many bad things you can say about Twitter, it's going to be interesting to see, to see what... But you know the beauty is? And I'm rambling here. I'm taking up all the talk time. But you know what's interesting? Nobody has suggested Facebook as a replacement for Twitter. Those are our people, Jeff. Right, right. <laughs> like nobody has been like, hey, maybe we ought to go back to Facebook and give old Zuck a try, you know? <laughs> like... <laughs> Never even in consideration. Not once did anyone mention, have you thought about the multiverse? Yeah, I, the metaverse. Metaverse, excuse me. Yeah. You know, one of the greatest days of my life was when, because uh, we used to coordinate all the Talking Heads episodes on Facebook uh, Messenger chat. Right. And I said, hey, guys. Got anybody, him. Like, Little <laughs> tiny fly buzzing around my office. Oh, nice. You got him? Nailed him. Miyagi. Second try. Nice. It took me two yeah. tries, and it wasn't chopsticks. Well, but still, like, I'm giving you the credit here. Thank you. But it was a great day when I said, hey, guys, can we stop coordinating uh, Talking Heads episodes on Facebook? And everyone's like, yeah, let's go to Discord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and just like, I could get off Facebook for good right then and there. Right. Was that awesome. was literally the day I stopped using Facebook. Same. Yeah. And, and I think it was me who was like, when we started Craft Computing, we were all on Facebook. And, and... It just happened to be the convenient. It happened to factor. be the convenient messaging platform that we yeah. used. Um, Discord was still very much in its infancy. Uh, this is back in 2017. Um, not everyone was on Twitter. Uh, and and so it's like, well, what what do you do for instant messaging? Do we create a yeah. text group? Like, right. like no, I'm... I'm, I'm <sighs> my generation See, doesn't like text groups. I don't know no. about yours. I mean, I I know we're close, but there is a generational divide. There, I feel there, there's a sort of a divide. Yeah. yeah. Um. Uh. I feel like my peers uh, are okay with text groups, but not too big, right? Um. But that being said, we're much more communicative on Discord, right, than we are on text groups. But, it's. Um, I I feel both of our generations can can probably state uh, confirmation of if you want to get better voting poll results, you better stop calling people for their opinions because yeah. Gen Zers and Millennials would rather die than answer a number that doesn't show up on their caller ID. I you know what's funny? <laughs> I had to call everybody today. You know, given our our circumstances about our Thanksgiving plans. I said, okay, I, I just, I decided I didn't want to text. I'm just going to call. And uh -huh. every single person picked up the phone uh, and they're just like, you know, what's funny, man. I never answer the phone, but I see you're calling and I know it's going to be good. <laughs> you know, what's funny. Rhett called me at five o'clock to say, hey, what are we doing for the show today? Because I had completely forgotten it was Wednesday. Yeah. I got a call from Rhett and went, <laughs> you're the only one you, you son of a gun you're the only one what's funny is i called you this morning and i know you were hesitant to answer i know you were. i was a you little were bit, yeah a little bit yeah i was like well you know but do you ever get this like this is this is me uh and 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 just my recent mental health journey uh -huh. right uh, i've discovered my i've discovered a lot of things about myself the last few months 
And one of which is that like, I have a very specific way of doing productive things. And sometimes I just can't do them unless I'm like ready to do them. And answering the phone before nine o'clock is one of those things. <laughs> like you're not wrong. Uh, um, I looked I, at it ringing and I was just like, what do I do here? You know, like you, you answered it and you're like, hi. Yeah. I know, well, <laughs> that was yeah. all I got. <laughs> I hadn't had my coffee yet. Like life was piling up on top of me. Yeah. Meanwhile, I, I spent like half of my spoons. Meanwhile, like right then and there. I had been up since three o'clock. So, so you, you've had your spat of like things going on. Uh, I've had a minor spat of that around the house. Anyway, last night was like, like, don't worry, I got the kid in in case the kid wakes up. <laughs> yeah. Two of the kids woke up. Uh, one of them three times, one of them twice. And uh it's like I'm not prepared to handle this. My 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 mind is not in a mental state where I can wake up at three in the morning and then just go back to bed after handling whatever it is my kid needed. Like if if it's like, hey, can you help me turn the light on? Yeah, I got it, no problem. And I can go back to sleep. If it requires any form or or wherewithal of mental engagement i'm awake oh yeah i've had i've had too many nights (laughs) where something weird has happened and i've had to spring into dad slash homeowner slash well well bringer (laughs) whatever mode that if if i so much as have to uh help someone untangle a shirt I'm awake. There's just no coming back from that. Um, There was one instance. uh, I mean, for those who followed the channel for a number of years now, uh, uh, what was it? About a year and a half ago, my basement flooded. Yeah. Um, I I got right around three to four inches of, of standing water in my basement. Luckily, it was clean spring water. Not not a backed up sump or not a not a backed up you know septic or anything like that, but uh, power went out and uh, my my oldest came upstairs and she was a little freaked out because the power went out obviously and yeah. uh, she goes uh, hey the the power's out and I went yeah I know it's out it, it's it's okay like. I'm aware. I, I know your lights aren't on. I know your music's not going. Um, it's okay. You know, you can, why don't you go on and go potty, go back to bed. We'll, we'll deal with everything in the morning. Can I snuggle with you guys? I said, yeah, sure. I don't, I don't care. I don't care tonight. You know, tonight's a weird night. And yeah. uh, she goes, okay, I just need to go dry my feet off first. <laughs> Excuse me, what? And uh, she goes, yeah, there's a bunch of water downstairs. You got to open with that one. And I said, what? <laughs> and and I, I literally sprung up from my bed and I said, maybe next time start with that. <laughs> um, we've had... Uh, I've had two different instances of water in the basement. One more, that was the major one. I've had a minor one where um, one of my gutters fell off the house and all of a sudden the rainwater is uh, curling around the roof and dripping down, dripping straight onto a windowsill that happened to be that same kid's windowsill. 
and the 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 caulking had popped on it the the yeah, water yeah. barrier had popped and there's literally a waterfall coming down from her window and uh i happened to just be checking things out before i went to bed it's like 9 30 at night or something like that and uh i noticed there's you know i i went to like check on her and i put my hand on her blanket and her blanket's wet and i went oh my god did she what and yeah. and i look up at the wall and it's just like shimmering and I'm like oh god so that was that was 10 o'clock at night jeff stapling a tarp to the side of my house yeah you know when i was a kid uh i used to sleep in an unfinished basement and i uh when it would get really bad in the winter i had a path of cinder blocks from the stairs to my bed and all my furniture in my room was on cinder blocks because when it flooded Mm-hmm. And I would literally just had like cinder blocks that I'd like walk on to get to my bed and stuff. <laughs> because it wasn't like if it flooded, it was just like when. When, yeah. yeah. There's going to be three days this year. Yeah, it There's was going to uh, be some standing awful. water. It was awful. Yeah, we lived in a horrible part of town. Our ha- yeah. I like I kind of miss that house when I think about it. You know, a lot of great memories. But, <laughs> but you know, like I think about putting my kid through that. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> The mind really does a phenomenal job of hiding trauma with rose-colored glasses. Yeah, you know, that's one thing, like, you know, I I, I go to therapy and sometimes I unpack stuff and my therapist would be like, you notice how you laughed when you said that? (laughs) And I was like, yeah, because it's funny, right? And he's like, I never went through that. I'm like, well... If you did, <laughs> you're a little, you're a little pampered, but so like, you don't get it, but let me give you the context though. Right. Like <laughs> the, there, there's two standup comedians who, who are very much open of, of that train of thought. Uh, one is Steve Hofstetter and he goes, okay. uh, you know, most comedians have been through things because laughter is a defense mechanism. It, it is the only way that your brain can take you out of the trauma you're currently experiencing. And, and, literally allow you to survive. And so he'll walk up to other stand-up comedians and say, what are you in for? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he goes, uh, all you down in the audience, you probably had a decent life. That's why you're not up here. <laughs> it's which, funny. which I always find hilarious. I used to, you know, I used to perform some stand-up comedy and I, I won't, mm-hmm. I, you know, I wasn't ever great at it, but I was in the scene and, uh, and I, I, I did a bit where it was like, you know, I used to think my life was pretty hard until I started doing comedy. And I've realized that, like, actually, my life's pretty good. <laughs> like, I've had a pretty good life compared to the rest of these guys coming on stage tonight. So, yeah. uh, anyway, no laughs. Just wanted to point that out, you know. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the other is is uh, Taylor Tomlinson. Uh, yeah. And uh, she, she has a bit where she does something about... Uh, uh, you ever realize you have a screwed up childhood because you'll be telling stories about things that happen and the room goes silent and uh, someone's like, oh my God, my mom used to make us take our shoes off in the house and and Taylor would go, yeah, our mom made us wear muzzles at night. <laughs> Why did everyone get sad? Yeah. And it's that kind of... <laughs> yeah. that's And that was like the punchline of my joke was it was like... I. <laughs> I realize that my life is pretty good, you know, which is saying something <laughs> about the rest of these people, you know, like they went through some real crap, you know, uh, yeah. my mom yeah. made me wear muzzles. Yeah. <laughs> I got to skip stones for my bed at night when I was sleeping. 
Oh man. Some days my bed had a river. <laughs> uh, it's kind of funny how that all works out. Like honestly, yeah. in hindsight, like you know, I'm fine. I was safe. Like all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, I, it prepared me for parenthood in a way that you know I don't think other experiences would have. Oh, uh, totally. <laughs> right? Yeah. But uh, it not is gonna do that. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, I got some Thanks, Mom and Dad. Clear, clear instructions on what not to do. <laughs> <Right>. Strangely <laughs> enough, they're very explicit. By the way, I hope my dad is watching this show tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, had it, a, I had an interesting childhood because it was um, uh, fairly normal for the most part. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to offend either either branch of my. <laughs> I think here tonight. Who cares? They're not watching. But but up and down as far as the the income and standard of living scale goes, uh, depending on which parent I was living with. Yeah, that's, um, that was mine too. And and uh, and so like we had like very low income, very young parents. Uh, I remember switching the the three and the two around on my mom's birthday cake as a joke. <laughs> I remember that. You're like, yeah. Maliciously, I remember that. <laughs> um, to give you some context. Uh, but, uh, I, like, like I, I remember a very low standard of living and then we eventually, like, built it up to where it's like, my parents aren't arguing about money more. This is nice. This, you know, it's it, it's nice to not hear them. Oh, oh boy, they're arguing about something else now. Okay, okay. And then, and then the divorce happened. And then one parent is still doing okay, and the other one's like, not. And yeah. and and you bounce back and forth between those. Like, and I I grew up in the age where the the. In high school, the poor people had dial-up still, and the ritzy homes had had broadband. Um, the number of times I bounced back and forth between having broadband and not. Oh, yeah. Uh, to give you, like, this... I'm not trying to make it like the Trauma Olympics or whatever here, but... Mm-hmm. Um, my mom has literally never Yeah. My mom has literally never had internet at her house. Touche. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there is that. Um, but yeah, my dad, you know, I remember when we got broadband and I was like, this is dope. I can play Counter-Strike Source. Yeah. You know, like. Um, yeah, no, I I remember playing, you know, Warcraft uh, peer-to-peer with people over modem and uh Starcraft logging into Battle.net over dial-up like like I was there I I was in the the thick of the like early uh oh gosh uh Dark Forces 2 Jedi Knight Masassi.net logging in downloading all the the latest total conversion mods so we could basically play Call of Duty Modern Warfare like that's that's that was the 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 first person shooter of my day it's funny because like, you know, like I'm primarily a PC gamer now, but I wasn't that way growing up. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until my older brother, who's he's about eight years older than me. He went off he went off to the Navy and, you know, got his first money. And he came back with a with a PC. 
He came back with a PC. I've told this story a bunch of times, but maybe people listening don't know. It had Rambus. And uh, I remember going to the used PC parts store and uh, upgrading it. And we had like 760 megabytes of 768. RAM. Yeah, 768. There you go. Yeah, because <laughs> you had to run this shit. Ah, oh, it keeps cussing. I'm so sorry. You're, you're okay. <laughs> but you had to run this stuff in, in pairs. And so, and it was like a thing to upgrade it. And we had, yeah. we had the NVIDIA uh, freaking um, GeForce 3. I would say it was either GeForce 2 or GeForce 3 if you're talking about Rambus. Yeah. We had the GeForce 3, baby. And uh, literally, like the first PC games I played, like the first PC game I really ever played was Gothic, if you guys remember that, which was like, the I think that was like 2001 or like 2000. Yeah. Because it was like right before Morrowind came out. Yeah. Because because even though like that was like my first exposure <laughs> to PC stuff, my brother came back with this with this computer that he had upgraded and everything. And he was he was big into Dark Age of Camelot. Anybody remember that MMO? Oh. That was pre-World of you're, Warcraft. You're, you're back in like black and white days. <laughs> it was awful. And uh, but I saved up my money and I bought an Xbox because of this this article that I read in Game Informer uh, about a little a little company headed up by Peter Molyneux. He was making a game called Fable, and I was like, this game is going to revolutionize the industry. This is incredible. You could do whatever you want. It's like right. Life the Simulator. He's second only to Will Wright as far as his geniuses. <laughs> so I saved up all of. Sorry, my that's money. a little game dev joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I got an Xbox and I played some Xbox games and lo and behold, at Babbage's, uh, at Babbage's, there was this game called Morrowind. Uh, and I was like, the heck is this game? And that's where I played Morrowind was on the Xbox. So there you go. Uh, I, I didn't even play it on PC until I was an adult, a grown person. Yeah, I did play I, Oblivion on PC though. I I played it on a PC at launch. I I will say I was I was privileged enough to do yeah. that. You were um, excited to take the package to Caius Cosades. Yes, for sure. yes, yeah. yeah. Got got and, off the boat and I was ready to make that. And trick. you were a little concerned that he was a shirtless skooma addict, um, but but also partially intrigued. Like, well, for sure, not gonna he was lie. So nice, like right. he gave you money, he gave you a place to sleep. Right. It's he like, had that nice and, dagger in his. Inventory if you killed him, you know, and there's a valuable there's a valuable lesson there, and and this was something I took with me into high school, which is that uh, find out what it, the mission is, then kill them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the problem is he gives you a lot of missions, and then you could kill him afterwards. So um, this is a valuable lesson. I think that this is the first one of the first instances of video games carrying over into real life for me, which is that like just because they're drug addicts doesn't mean that they're not good, helpful, nice people, right? <laughs> Uh, which is something that when you grow up in a small conservative town, they really try to hammer into you. It's like someday they're going to give you drugs and Halloween candy and they can't be trusted. Right. Uh, but Caius Cosades, man, like he had a nasty habit and he was just like, you can sleep in my bed. Here's some money to go get some training, dude. Just look out for yourself, man. And come back when you're ready. And my so late nineties upbringing had me quite honestly, a little, underwhelmed at the reality that no one would be offering me free drugs on a daily basis. Like, I just, like, you know, 
as an 18 year old, I would have been appalled at free drugs, right? I've just been like, what are they doing? They're trying to, con they're trying to subvert the world that we got to watch out for ourselves. But like now, you know, that I'm in my thirties. I'm just like, my whole worldview is constructed on a lie. Right. I've been expecting free drugs mm -hmm. for decades now. And just, it's just not the way it is. Yeah. And my hurt. My first hit was never free. <laughs> Oh, man. Gearling's in the chat. What's going on, other Jeff? What up, Jeff? It's unsettling how common a name Jeff is. You, you know, that? I, I used to... Here's the you deal. I, I'm of two minds about the name Jeff. Okay? Uh, for one, I like it. Uh, biased, uh, German okay, root, go Gottfried, uh, freed by God, is actually what Jeffrey oh, wow. translates okay. to. Um, which I like. Right. I like the the context. I like the meaning of the name. It's it's a it's a strong manly name. Um, however, every Jeff in popular media, like every TV show you've ever watched, Huge he's, he's he's always either the the douche or the serial killer. I have an uncle Jeff. Like who... there's Jeff Bridges. Okay, he's. He's like, right. yeah. dude, Jeff's amazing. There's Jeff Daniels, amazing comedian, phenomenal actor. Like, like there's 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 Jeff Goldblum. You know, there there's some respectable Jeffs in the acting space for sure. But any character who's ever named Jeff, I'm not gonna lie. I don't even think I can think of one. You can't think of one, and if you can, they're the bad guy on SVU. <laughs> Like we're the we're the season finale, you know, cliffhanger. That's Jeff. <laughs> yeah, Criminal Minds, SVU. Yeah. Uh, it's always too, Jeff. If, the first if, thing that comes to my mind too is Joffrey from Game of Thrones, who's just a complete little twat. You would go there, but I, I would like to claim separate origin. Okay, or fair enough. I mean right. it feels similar. Freed by God, Joffrey. I, 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 I don't think think they recognize germanic uh well considering localization it's a world that's probably true but correct right so so i'm i'm not part of that douchebaggery they had a lot of dumb names in game of thrones they had a lot of dumb names was right but i will applaud george r martin for giving all of the dumb names really basic nicknames like you had uh, ned stark whose real name was eddard you had daenerys whose name was danny um, right. I don't, there's got to be more. There, Robert went by Rob. Rick. Rick um, there was definitely more. Don't was, don't listen to me. There, there was were a lot what more. four Johns. Well, it's a common common name for sure. Uh, strangely enough, a common name in our world and in Westeros. Right. <laughs> uh, Anyway, that's all. Kat by the Lynn, way, interesting by anecdote. Ken. My neighbor's name is literally Jon Snow. Is it really, though? It really is. You know, remember, <laughs> does anybody remember when I broke my ribs? I feel like that was a thing that happened. I do. Yeah. Uh, my ribs were broken by a guy that looked exactly like Jon Snow from the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, awesome. God, that always made me laugh so hard. Um. 
Uh, Gearling says, just Diet Dr. Pepper for him tonight, and LOL at other Jeff. I had a plumber come this week, and his name was Jeff, too. Oh, so he's your other Jeff. Awesome. Wow, wow, nice. <laughs> We've all got one. Eh. I, I have another Jeff. I like to think of Gearling as that other Jeff. By the way, <laughs> and and that's that that's a, a, a status of grandeur, by, by the way. It really um, is. Take it but, from me, uh, But I'll... Every single Jeff you've ever met has an other Jeff. Uh, in high school, it was Jeff Lanning. Uh, Jeff Lanning was my other Jeff. He's like, no, 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 that wasn't me. That was that was Jeff Lanning. That was what do the you other think Jeff. Jeff Lanning's up to these days? I, I always wondered. He was Canadian, and so I like to think oh, he's he's living his best like life. Just like your girlfriend, right? Right. Just, just like the girlfriend that <laughs> you wouldn't know her. Um, but, uh, but no, like growing up, there were only two Jeffs in my school, and it was myself, and it was Jeff Lanning. And uh, no, there, sorry, there was there was a third Jeff. There was Jeff Mullenberg. That's right. There were three you Jeffs. You went to school with a Mullenberg? I went to school with a Mullenberg. I feel like I knew a Mullenberg once. Probably did. Uh, he had a hyphenated last name. It was Mullenberg and then something else, and I can never remember the hyphen. Oh. Uh, yeah. Probably not the same. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Like, like I, I grew up with, like, we were the trio of Jeffs and we didn't hang out a ton, but we knew each other. You know, we were polite. We were, you know, associated with one another and, and whatnot, but it wasn't like we were the best of friends. Um, but yeah, I, I, I kind of wonder what, what, what those other two Jeffs from my school wound up doing. I've literally never met another person named Red. Well, you have, but they spell it wrong. Well, even then, um, there was, so I went to a really small town high school mm -hmm. and we have a, so Mount Angel, Oregon's where I grew up. And then uh, we had a kind of a sister town, Silverton, and they were just up the highway and they were a much, much, much larger school district. Like my graduating class had like 50 people, but a graduating class in Silverton would have like 500 people. And there was a ret that went there. And his name was Rhett Martin. Um, and people would tell me that all the time. I'd never met him. Never, uh, n you know, and people would be like, oh, do you know Rhett Martin? I'm like, yeah, because all the Rhett's in the world know each other. Right. Freaking douche. You know, like, <laughs> it's kind of like. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the last name that, that implies familial ties. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how it works, people. Get it through your head. Um, That's funny. You know, and then I would tell people my like, especially at the dawn of YouTube, I would tell people my name's Rhett, and they're like, "Oh, you must love Rhett and Link," which, like, to this day, I've literally never watched a Rhett and Link video. I um, can I say I actually do like Rhett and Link. I'm sure you do. Everybody does, apparently. Like, they seem like very charming fellows. They're funny. Uh, they they kind of branched off of Rooster Teeth, very similar to. Uh, Oh, they're from you, Rooster Teeth. Yeah, Rooster Teeth. Uh, that they they had similar <laughs> no origins clue. to Rooster Teeth, uh, similar to uh, uh, Gavin Dan, uh, slow mo guys. Yeah, okay. Okay. They've done yeah, a couple yeah. crossovers with with uh, with Rhett and Link, and so yeah, it's it's been it's been fun to kind of watch that whole progression of like Rooster Teeth, I mean, Red versus Blue, to like slow mo see, guys, and yeah, that's like Generation One YouTube. You know oh what yeah, I mean? like. That was pre-YouTube. I was watching Red vs. Blue in like 2004. That's true. We yeah, hadn't even seen Generations of Dance yet. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, see, but that's the thing. I've never, I've never seen them. Uh, I know of them, obviously. Do you think his real name's Link? Is that a thing? I think his real name is Link. I could Google this, but I've never Googled them either. You probably could. I mean, there's only two other links that I know. One of yeah. them is obviously linked to, From, you know, yeah, Legend Zelda. of Zelda. Not Zelda. What if Zelda was a boy? <laughs> um, you know, Link. The other one was uh, Dozer's brother in The oh, Matrix. Yeah, in The Matrix, you're right. Link. His From name the, was Link. From the sequels. Right. Yeah, because there was Dozer, there was Link, there was Cypher. They all had those those hip, late 90s hacker uh, names. The hacker names, dude, yeah. And so there was Link. That's the you only know, other Link I've ever seen in popular media. You know, all of my, all of my, not all of my friends. I had a group of friends when I was in high school that were big into the hacker handles, right? Yeah. That was their thing. And they had like their specific tag. They'd like make stickers with their handle on it. You like put it up. I don't exist if I don't have a handle. Right, dude. Yes, exactly. Joey, Joey, uh, Joey, you got to let your mom stop dressing you, man. <laughs> actually, and one of them, one of them will be at a PDX land at the anniversary. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, which blew my mind a little bit because I was like, because, you know, my exposure to the land culture was through these people. And I was like, I if you say Matthew life. Lillard, I'm going to I'm going to blow my brains. out. It's like, not Matthew Lillard live. <laughs> it's not Matthew Lillard. Right. Uh, <laughs> it, it, no, it could be but, freak. It could be Nikon. It could be like any. I, I want to meet him. I want to meet. I have to meet him. I have to meet him. I'm gonna have to look this up. You need to get me a name. Who was it? No, it's you're reading this the entirely wrong way. It's just my <laughs> friends from high school. Basically. Oh, your friends from not not. Uh. I didn't go to high school with them. They were much. They're actually your age, but uh, so I didn't go to high school with them. Well, now I'm. I don't. I'm so deflated. Like, I don't even want to go anymore. <laughs> it's done. It's over. <laughs> we're pulling the pin. But this has been Talking Heads episode 261. <laughs> I'm going to go drink myself to death now. Well, you got two more beers that are pretty strong. You might be able to yet. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're well uh, on our way. By the way, the first one's a little. Uh, I'm almost done with my second and then I won't. I don't have another one. I'm well, I'm going to let you choose the second beer as well. Um, I think you have to save the dragon's milk for last. OK, so. OK, yeah. so Adroit Theory would yeah, be number Android two. Theory. Yeah, the coven. The yeah, coven. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Android 3 makes great beers. They do. Uh, while we have, like, a breath, there are two Super Chats I want to get to. I've been oh. looking at them. I see yeah. and I acknowledge. Uh, today's a weird day. Uh, and where are we at? 7 o'clock? We should probably get into some Q&A because we've just been kind of ranting. Riffing, it's worked. Yeah. There's still 90 of you here. Um, so, Super Chat. I think Linode needs a chat uh, shout out. Yes, you are uh, correct. So yes, and then we'll get into some Q and A. And there are a lot of questions. People asking about graphics cards. Yeah, uh, there, people... there's a lot of talk about 4090s, about upgrade options, about yep. who should I go yep. with, both GPU, CPU. There, there's a lot of things we can talk about. But first, I think we need to talk about today's video sponsor, which is paying a lot more money than the rest of you are, and that is Linode. Uh, Hosting your own servers always means you also get to host all of your own problems. Even the most skilled chief engineer like Rhett will tell you that you should decentralize your network like Mastodon and host your services <laughs> with Linode. 
If it runs on Linux, it'll run on Linode. That includes the software for most of the tutorials on my channel, like how to run your own ad-blocking recursive DNS server, VPN gateways, your own cloud-based Plex server, and more. They offer shared CPU plans for as little as $5 per month and scale as high as your needs go. Whether it be virtualized hosting, dedicated CPU or GPU instances, NVMe block storage, and more. Even if you do host your own servers, you can use Linode to keep a backup off-site. Because remember, RAID is not a backup. Linode is also expanding at light speed, with 12 new global data centers planned before the end of 2023. Visit linode.com slash craftcomputing and get a $100 60-day credit just for signing up for a new account. That's linode.com slash craftcomputing, and again, a huge thanks to Linode for continuing to sponsor Talking Heads and specifically today's episode. Huge shout out to Jeff for nailing that after the 17% beer. That was very impressive. 18%. Very impressive. 18%. 18 uh, and guys, with Linode, it don't explode. So hop onto linode.com slash craft computing. That's right. Um, Get yourself some of that Linode goodness. <laughs> if you want bigger Linodes, no, wait. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. Anyway, Super Chats, let's stop me before I get away from myself. We do have Kren. Good old Kren. Oh, yes. just pouring his second beer. Got my Adroit uh, Theory going up. That looks delicious. Another dark beer. I wish I could have joined you all for Stoutsgiving, but uh, alas, had my hands full. I didn't know yeah. that this was a thing. Otherwise, I would I, have. I, I love a good stout. Knowing know what me. I know, I forgive you. <laughs> it's been a week. And I was thinking like, sick kid, sick kid, sick kid. And you texted like... me earlier today and I went. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Uh... Yeah, there's a lot of stories I could tell off the air. Uh, we're not gonna friend right two dollar Aussie bucks. He says, "Good eye, mates. Twenty eight hours of flights, airports next week." Uh, he says it like that because it's Aussie bucks, and I know that I did it very poorly. Now, if I, I could translate, I would say, "Good day, gentlemen. Twenty eight <laughs> hours of flights and airports due within the next week." Did you guys get that one? That thank you, Jeff, for translating. I know you're welcome. Uh, I the I I I kind of like German. I I can read it and I can understand it, but I can't say it back to you. Yeah. So I've been getting a lot of practice watching Bluey, uh, which is a show anyone with a toddler knows about. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Dad. <laughs> oh, trust me, we do the full song and dance every oh, single time. Yeah. yeah. Or my else. Toddler, my my toddler really like he's just now getting into singing and stuff, which is like that's like my thing. I love singing. I love music. Like that's my personality trait, right? If I had yeah. to pick one. Oh yeah. And uh, and he really has never been into singing and doing that much lately, but finally within the last like. Four weeks at most. He'll walk up to me and I'll, I'll almost not know what he's doing. And he's just like, da, da, da. Mom! You know, like singing this. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. He'll, he'll just like make sounds until he gets to the name. Dad! <laughs> Bingo! Yeah, exactly. So. 
That's awesome. Um, So so X, who just turned one year old this last Friday. Happy birthday to my youngest kid. Wild. Holy crap. Um, What a year it's been. Um, He is becoming very expressive, very opinionated, uh, and uh, very dead set on getting his way. How's that? Um, so his, his latest thing is he does have, he's not the most vocal kid. He, he, he hasn't picked up a lot of, of the vocal cues and been able to like, you know, reciprocate them at all. Um, but as far as like his wants, needs, desires, whatever, he's very opinionated on what he wants (laughs) and he'll let you know what he wants and if what you thought he wanted is incorrect he will correct you uh so we do know that a sign when he slaps one hand against his his uh hip that is bubble guppies we we learned that one um we we do know that he will Seek out the remote and give it to you to turn on the TV. Sometimes he'll try to do it himself, but he knows the remote controls the TV. Um, Now, there's also a TV in his room, which used to be my wife's office. And hopefully in the next year or so, we'll be converted back into my wife's office because expansion. Uh, But um, we have a TV and a Roku set up in there. It's the same remote as we have out in the living room. Um... If we're watching something in the living room that he doesn't like, he will, number one, seek out the remote that's in the living room. Wherever it's at, he will try to gain access to it. And and if we're being vigilant, we'll like grab it and we'll put it on the back of the couch. We're like, no, 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 that's dad's right now. I'm watching Motor Trend. And uh, uh, he will vanish down the hallway for a moment. And then he'll come walking back and he has his remote. And he'll walk to the center of the room and he'll plop his butt down and he'll start pointing it at the TV. And if it doesn't work, he'll turn around and he'll go. (laughs) And he'll wait for you to go like, oh, you want me to change the channel. Nice. I get it. So funny. Yep. (laughs) Kids are hilarious, man. It's wild too. Like I, I, I used to think it was kind of insane before I was a parent. It's like, really, you understand their bizarre, creepy language that they have, but then it's like, you know, you then get you it. have your own kid who like, speaks a language yeah. all his own, and it's always, you know, exactly. It's always different. They slap in their hip, and they're like, "I want bubble guppies." Dang it! You're like, okay, I get it. Yeah, bubble guppies. Right. Awesome. And what's funny is yeah. your kid can give all the indication for that, and I would never see that. And and to my dying day, would not understand the exactly. indications that kid was given, and vice versa. Oh yeah. See, uh, my kid was always very vocal, and when we put him into daycare, it was kind of funny because he he was always very vocal, but he never really had the words. Didn't stop him, but mm-hmm. it, but he did. And so when he started going to daycare, they're like, "Does your child have any special words?" And it was like, "Please see attached page." You know what I mean? Because it was like. It was like, when he says this, it means that. When he says this, it means that. We've tried to correct him. We've never said those words. We've never reinforced it once. (laughs) 
you know what I mean? But like, this is his language. Okay. So uh, you're in on it too. <laughs> so, so my first two kids there, there's miss who's the oldest. Uh, they're nine and little bit who's the middle kid. They're five. Okay. Um, we've ran into some amazing spread, by the way, that just occurred to me. It's four and a half years, literally on the nose <laughs> between all three kids. It's four and a half, four and a half, four and a half. It's, um, why did I say four and a half, three times? Well, it took us four and a half years the first time. Uh, anyway, um, so the first two kids had no problem with language whatsoever. Uh, like by the time they were one, they were using multi-word sentences. And by the time they were two, they were grammatically correct. Like they just nice. verbally, they have always just been amazing. And it's amazing to watch. And it's amazing what they pick up and learn and integrate into their own vocabulary so quickly. And kind of like living with a witness for the prosecution. Um, that's a very old joke. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I was reading chat. I'm sorry. I, I usually laugh at your jokes, Jeff. You know this. <laughs> yeah, you, you you usually do, and that was a that was a dynamite one. But whatever, moments passed. Uh, you can't retell a joke. If you have to retell a joke, it wasn't a good joke. So I'm just gonna like garbage can that one. Oh, of, damn it! I'm, uh, I'll have to watch the. the you're VOD. gonna have. Well, if you're doing your job, you're gonna be spending your Thanksgiving dinner going over clips and uh, and cutting clips for for craft extra. That's exactly so. what I'm going to be doing. And everybody knows that all of the last several episodes have been clips. Don't at me. <laughs> Can you at me if you haven't seen them? <laughs> I uh, swear, it's a priority. So, so a cup. There's one anecdote that always rises to the top. And that is uh, so I've obviously always been very much a gamer. Uh, and I I hadn't started craft computing when my youngest was was born. Uh, in fact, I started craft computing one month almost to the day after my middle child was born. Um, but there was a time that Miss didn't know me as a YouTuber or anything else. I was just dad, and I just played games sometimes, and I went to work and things like that, and and that was awesome. Now. For the first kid, you're always super concerned about the content that they consume and and the shows they watch and the media that 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 is presented in front of them and and uh, my video games were no different. Like during the day, what are you playing? Oh, I'm playing SimCity. What are you playing at night? Oh, freaking Call of Duty and you know <laughs> and everything else. Um, so Miss was maybe about five years old. And I was playing a game in my room. I was actually playing Ravenfield, uh, which is a beta game that has been out for quite a long time in, in early access. Uh, it's kind of like voxel graphics meet paintballing, but in like a 120 army size scale. It's, it's a fun game in that the mechanics are very simple. Um, and and I just was having fun with it. So I'm playing Ravenfield and Miss walks in behind me. And normally if I was playing a violent game, I would turn it off. And this time I decided like, what's the worst thing? It's voxel graphics. Like there's nothing wrong with this. 
she's five. She can probably handle it. And so I'm, uh, I'm playing the round and she's watching me and I know she's watching me. And, and, and after, after about 60 seconds, I just hear over my left shoulder, shoot him in the face. <laughs> oh, dad's going to be in trouble for this one. <laughs> no idea where she got it. No idea where she even knew that language to begin with. But there it is. <laughs> Second super chat. Uh, Elaine sends over uh, $5 in Canadian bucks. So uh, five loonies headed our direction. Hey guys, thanks for the great content. Have you tested the Arc GPU for purposes other than gaming at all, like Plex transcoding and such? Um, I have been spending a lot of this week actually doing some benchmarking on the ARC GPU, on the A770 Special Edition 16 gig. Um, yes, I have some thoughts. Uh, I don't know if I can deliver them all in the time remaining, so <laughs> I'm going to need to sit down and script it. Uh, the oh, ARC GPU being a first-generation product is Definitely an interesting thing, especially in graphics architecture, which is so closely interleaved with the instructions that they provide. Um, so GPUs, we know the instruction sets that we normally use with GPUs. You've got your standard APIs like DirectX 9, 11, 12. You've got Vulkan. You've got OpenGL. You've got OpenCL if you are weird. Um, NVIDIA's got CUDA. You've got Transcode, but it's all transcoding the same codecs, and so there's a known benchmark that you can do. Um, and then with CPUs, we've got AVX, we've got SSE, we've got, you know, various instruction sets that, that games will utilize or, or various professional applications will utilize, and we can graft benchmarks from them, right? Um, ARC being a essentially 100% brand new architecture, It does some things amazingly well, and it does some things amazingly poorly. And quantifying that and coming up with an objective and a subjective argument for why you should or shouldn't buy it has been incredibly difficult. Um, because there's so much to the way games are built and designed and developed and published to what instructions they use, where are their limitations, what are any specific bottlenecks with some particular games, where does the Intel card flourish, and where does it make me wish I was on an R9 Fury still? Like, those are literally questions I had to grapple with. Uh, and it's, it's weird. Um, I'm not saying it's bad, I'm not saying it's good, I'm saying it's another option. And I'm saying it's an option that we need to take seriously because the performance is definitely there. And especially seeing what I'm seeing out of the professional offerings of ARC, that being not just a 32 execution unit uh, GPU like we have in the A770, but the Enterprise releasing a 128 execution unit GPU for Enterprise 
which means they have it stable enough to run at enterprise levels, which means a gaming GPU with 128 execution units is not far behind, which means roughly four times as fast as the uh, A770, which was competing blow for blow with a 2080, depending on your benchmarks and metrics. It's an interesting proposition for a first generation product. And there is so much to digest. And there's so much to go over that I don't even know that I can give you my opinion yet because I haven't written it yet. <laughs> but I have been spending some quality time with Intel Arc this week. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, basically my job was sitting down and benchmarking and, and spending some quality time getting to know my GPU on a deeper level. And uh, I think I did. And I'm not quite ready to see other people, but I'm entertaining the idea. <laughs> How's that? I think that was a good answer. Yeah. Thank you. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel if you don't want to miss that video. Make sure you you make sure you're subscribed for if you're looking for nuanced reviews, I'm always your guy. Uh, because I will always take multiple points of view in a single review. I, I I don't like to think my opinion is definitive, and so I will try to put on multiple hats in the course of a single review. And I do that for every review. I, yeah. I look at it from the point of a consumer who might have spent X money and am I satisfied with the product? I'll look at it from a reviewer standpoint against the global scope of competing products and go, is this a good value or not? I'll look at it from the professional side of things and go like, well, it may not be the best, but it's the most stable or it's this or it's that, or it's the one that's in, you know, easily available to, to purchase right now. I'll look at it from uh, the perspective of the tech bro of like, you gotta try new things. I'll, uh, I yeah. always try to bring nuance to my reviews because technology is not black and white. And like I said, referencing like multiple different standards and APIs to judge graphics cards on. If I just played one game, you'd get one black and white answer. Yes, the ARC 70, A770 is good or no, it's not. In reality, the answer is always more nuanced. And, and I think part of this profession has been lost to seeking holy objectivity. Yeah. Which you're just never gonna get. You're never you know, gonna get so and... much variability in any sort of review, right? And that alone should tell you that you should be pursuing nuance. You know, like the fact that you could put uh, an an A seven seventy in a hundred different builds and get a hundred different results, right? Uh, you know, look, we can agree on one thing. The 4090 is the bee's knees. It's an amazing GPU built on literal decades of GPU experience from NVIDIA. Is there a problem with the occasional fire? I don't know. Ask who plugged the plug-in. Um, <laughs> Haha, spoilers. Uh, you know, is AMD's current generation soon to be former generation with the 6900 XT, 6950 XT, also amazing cards. Yes, there's things they lose straight up to NVIDIA. 
like just straight out, NVIDIA does this better. They do better video encode. NVIDIA does better at top to bottom API integration. They do better at OpenCL. They offer CUDA acceleration, which is an NVIDIA native product, which is a native API that only they support, but has kind of become an industry standard as far as compute. Um, so does AMD have some ground to cover? Absolutely. Could I take 10 out of 12 games and go the 6900 XT goes blow for blow with a 3090 and you'd be hard pressed to tell the difference? Yes. Does AMD make great cards? Absolutely they do. Are they potentially the best value in gaming today? Food for thought. Um, like and subscribe so again, for more. So again, that nuanced perspective of there's the objective results that say the 3090 is 3% better in every single benchmark we tried. It's also $500 more. Like, y- you got to take all objectivity and go like, yeah, but what are my other options? Right. And that's if where nuance comes in. Yeah. If money's no issue, that's one thing. Right. But that's not the case for everybody. Um, you know, for me, I've always been super budget conscious. And it's always about what kind of performance can I get for my money? You know what I mean? I, I will say I ran my workstation with a 5950X 16 core third gen uh, Ryzen chip for over a year. And overall was very satisfied with what that chip had to offer. I recently upgraded to a 13900K, which has 16, no, 24 cores and 32 threads. Uh, Eight performance cores, 16 efficiency cores, 32 threads in total. Same thread count. It is noticeably faster to respond in a lot of different nitty gritty windows instances by i'd happen to guess at less than half a second i notice it being slightly better objectively it's probably better subjectively i think i would eventually get used to this and go like man my 5950x did this so well and and get a muddied opinion if I asked without looking at hard numbers, which is the better CPU. Right. Objectively, I can tell you the 13900K is probably the better CPU. Multi-threaded, right. single-threaded across the board. Like, I've done the testing. Holy crap, it tests good. Uh, like, Cinebench R23, 40,000 versus 25 and change. Uh against thread for thread, the 5950X. And I know the uh, the 7950X, fourth gen Ryzen, is better, but it's like 36,000. And so, yeah, objectively, the 13900K is the better CPU. Yeah. Subjectively, depends on who you ask, depends on what you're working on, depends on what your workflow is, you know. Well, one of the one of the things that always surprised me, we did a we did a build video months and months ago, and somebody's like, "Why did you do that when you could spend a hundred dollars more on this and get X percent?" Well, because that was a hundred dollars more. You just answered and your I, own question. That's and that's. I just wanted to grab all of these people because like a hundred people left this comment. I just wanted yeah. to be like, "Have you? Are you just building on paper? Have you never spent your own money before? A hundred dollars is a lot of money to some people, right? 
Like there is not, there's a time not that long ago that I would have done almost anything for a hundred dollars, including not buy that part when I'm building a PC. Yeah, I know. That's how I like, got you to start editing videos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was nice. It kept my hands clean for once. So, you know, it was honorable work by all measures. So <laughs> we are an equal opportunity employer here. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, you know, I got a lot of good lessons from Morrowind uh, and Caius Cosades and his skooma habits. So uh, <laughs> he's got a nice dagger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, exactly. Michael S says, My f first computer cost me 3000 My last one cost 800 And it's just like, you know, when you know what you're willing to sacrifice and where your lines are and what your budget is yeah. and, and the, the places that you can sacrifice performance or convenience or whatever, like you're going to be able to make your money go further. But it's like, if you just want the best that you could buy, like you're not always going to get pound for pound, like better. I don't know. You know, it's just like, I, yeah. I hate that idea. It's like, it's, it, it's like doing, doing, uh, you know, like like solving social issues in a vacuum or solving for physics in a vacuum or whatever. It's like, it's like not, it doesn't always translate to real world. You know what I mean? Like when the, right. the clean room scenario is if, not exactly. If, if I could translate this to, to sports, I, I know that's a weird paradigm for a tech channel, but if I, if I could translate this to sports or, and I, I've got an, an analogy for cars as well. Um, I am a huge Oregon football fan. I, I I grew up in Eugene, uh, grew up a Ducks fan, will always be a Ducks fan. Um, Oregon has had some dynamite teams. Have we won the national championship? No, we've played for the national championship a couple of times in very recent memory. We've got a Heisman Trophy winner. We've won the Pac-12 six out of the last 12 years or something like that. Like it's 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 good to be the king, right? At the same time, have we been the undisputed number one? No, we've been the number one rated a number of times throughout the years. Have we been the number one at the end of the year? No. Right. Do I care? Right. No, I'm going to continue Is, to be that, a Duck fan. Am I, am I going metaphor. to, at the end of the year, hang up my hat and root for Alabama? No. No. Yeah. Because... It's and it's not like they're not going to get funding when they don't win the the championship at the end of the year. You know right. what I mean? They're going to get funded next year too. Because a second place team has its place. Right. A Pac-12 winning team has its place. Right, exactly. You if know. if if you look at this from a car perspective, there's always something better on the horizon. There's always a better drivetrain, there's always a better engine, there's always a better manufacturer, there's always another car that you want to buy and lord knows I fall into this. I've I've owned my fair share of cars and probably should have should have been rivaling Huey for the dumbest car channel on YouTube. Um, for quite a number of years had I not decided to go like fully into tech. Um, but, uh, like I find myself as a car enthusiast looking at my 350Z going, ah, but there's that 370. And it's like, for what? An extra 20 horsepower and 0.2 liters of displacement? Like, but yeah, I've already done all the mods to make my 350Z equivalent to a 370 as far as standard. Oh, but there's always that, you know, the the Lexus SC, SC230. 
That would be nice. Oh, but you know what? There's also like an Audi R8. Ooh, but now we're talking like, you know, 90 to 100,000 for a good example. Oh, but you know, the C8 Z06 is coming or Z51 is yeah. coming out. Oh, but now we're up to like 130,000. You know, the Scuderia 430 recently hit low. Uh, but there's also, there's yeah. always something better. Or, or somebody see your taste, your taste change. Like over here in the corner, you guys can't see it, but most of the time you can. I got a Gibson Les Paul over in the corner. But now I'm just like, Les Paul, man, what was I thinking? I should have just went Fender Strat. You can't see it. Normally you can, but... I, I tried. I, I here, tried here, to wait, go... Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Okay, okay. There you there go. Is. You we got the headstock head at least. Uh, and I, So I've got the Gibson Les Paul over there and everything, and it's like... Um, I used to, you know, I still love Les Pauls and everything, but it's like, man, right. kind of wish I had the Strat now. You know, what was I thinking? Should have went the yeah. Strat. Yeah. Silly boy. I've done that uh, on 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 guitars so many times. Um, I am very much a... You can just go ahead and call me a fanboy. I'm a fanboy for Schecter guitars. I love Schecter as that, that dark I horse. Over here. I, I love Schecter as that dark horse guitar manufacturer. Um, my... My dream bass for years and years was a Schecter Stiletto 5. Um, I, I lusted after the guitar for probably five or six years. One finally showed up on Craigslist for like less than half retail. And I called the guy and I said, I'll be there in an hour. Like, I will be there. I have cash in hand. I will be there to buy that guitar because I want that guitar. I, I know enough about it to know that I will fall in love with it. That guitar still sits on my wall, that Schecter Stiletto Studio 5. And have I thought about other guitars? Of course I have. But it doesn't mean I can't like that guitar. For sure. Now, so fanboyism in tech. Uh, just because you love Intel doesn't mean you can't love AMD. <laughs> just because you love AMD doesn't mean you can't love NVIDIA. Like... Uh, you just dropped out. You okay? Yeah, sorry. I, I muted to cough. Gotcha. Um, and then I missed the unmute button. Uh, it's it's uh, it's not quite equivalent in the guitar industry, right? Because the tech, I think, moves a little less quick. You know, but it's like it's okay if you're a Schecter fanboy to someday realize, like, oh shoot, Schecter fell off the rails. They ain't making the best anymore. They ain't making the best bang for your buck. Now I gotta buy LTD, or now I gotta buy whatever. Um, and that's how it is in tech. And the only reason I think we see that in tech more is because it moves so much more rapidly. You're getting advancement, you know, every other right. quarter, every, you know, twice a year. It's just right. like, I mean, even with cars, you're not getting innovation on a model, but once every seven years. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it might be okay to be like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Nissan right now, but seven years, I'm going to be. I'm gonna... kicking down whoever's door to buy a car. I mean, yeah, like I own a 350Z. I love my 350Z. 350Z was one of my dream cars in high school because it was a prototype that turned into a reality. And I own that model that I saw. I, I own the first model year of, of that particular, I, I own a 2004 Roadster. I've always loved convertibles. I've always wanted one. Um, I, I tried a couple other roadsters first 
and and had middling success. Like they were they were exciting, but not like phenomenal. And then I drove the 350Z Roadster and I went, high school Jeff was right. High school Jeff needed this car. High school Jeff would be dead if he owned this car, but <laughs> yeah. But I'm 32 year old Jeff. Sometimes I can you gotta wise that. up first. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um NVIDIA cards are great, but their management are a-holes. Um, I actually had an interesting conversation with, with someone, was it yesterday? Yesterday. Um, not going to name any names, not going to name any partners, least, least of which, um, about how, like, hey, you know how Jeff is kind of the go-to VGPU enthusiast, influencer, Man, he's probably sold more cards than you could possibly fathom because he decided to go balls in on Kepler. Um, <laughs> maybe kick him a couple licenses to to test your newest stuff. Nvidia, no. <laughs> Thanks, Nvidia. No. Cool. I'll just continue hacking your licensing and showing everyone how easy it is then. I mean, money's not important to you, right? Clearly not. I actually had that conversation of like, I'm going to show the tech one way or the other. Now, the problem comes when I start dealing with literally your current generation and lineup of graphics cards. Do I show the license exploits on camera or just pretend they don't exist? Because to be fully honest my vGPU unlock is going fully against any licensing and user agreement that Nvidia has for using specific driver sets. Now, obviously, none of the driver set user agreements would hold up in court and and Nvidia would probably have to find you were distributing said licenses and 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 whatnot to hold you culpable for any potential losses. But when we're talking about multi-thousand dollar support contracts and multi-hundred dollar yearly or perpetual licenses to unlock VGPU support for NVIDIA's supported cards, man, the VGPU unlock script looks pretty great, doesn't it? And, uh, and let's get real, they're not really losing any money because are they going to spend the money anyway, <laughs> right? There's a whole there's a whole debate here that's existed. There's that since. whole thing that pirates are also your best customers, and I fully support that. I'm I not going like, to confirm it, but I'll support the idea. It's it's funny in the mid how in the mid aughts there was room for debate on that topic, but I think now fully underway in the twenties of the 21st century, uh, that debate holds no oxygen. Um, yeah. If your product is inaccessible, when pirates have their hands on it, you're more likely to reach a potentially paying customer than you are otherwise. Oh yeah. Um, if you're watching my content, um, one thing I don't think a lot of brands get and you can blame this on the pandemic. You you can fully blame this 100% on the pandemic in that in 2020, I was starting to make inroads with a number of different companies. I had meetings with NVIDIA engineers, AMD engineers. Um, 
I was uh, first to see some some new chipsets coming out from both Intel and AMD from from various board partners. Um, I was one of those that were in the know because I was one of the people that they needed to inform so I could give accurate information in my publications. Um, then the pandemic hit. And then all of the PR reps that I interacted with went, I'm just going to work with the ones that I already knew. Like, I know you're good, but I'm just going to like kind of circle my own wagons and, and not risk bringing someone new into the fold. And the problem is they haven't brought anyone new into the fold for the last two and a half years. And in that time, I've grown from 90,000 subscribers to 287,000 subscribers. Uh, I'm, I'm one year away from gamers nexusing my way from 300,000 to a million. Uh, like, it's not that inconceivable that I am a fairly prominent figurehead in tech YouTube and in tech media in general. Um, I also know that I can pump the brakes and say I've only been in this field five and a half years. I know my limitations. I know not everyone knows my name, but at the same time, I have some notoriety in the fields that I cover. Um, but every single AIB, every single board partner, every single manufacturer, every chip maker, every graphics card manufacturer went like, and started ghosting me. On, I think on budgets emails. shrank a little bit, you know, that's budget shrank. AIBs are losing money. It's no, no real secret that your gigabytes, your MSIs, your ASUS are not making a ton of money on graphics cards right now because, well, if you look at NVIDIA's profit margins and you, if you look at the uh, comparisons and uh, similar charts to our current inflation epidemic of, uh, Boy, can you explain these 40% higher corporate profit earnings over previous years? That's just inflation. Uh, weird. NVIDIA seems to be taking a similar share as of late, whereas before they were taking like between 12 and 15%. Now they're accounting for 40% of gross profits. It's just inflation. I don't know what it is, man. Um... It's weird when you break it down into terms like that, where the AIBs may be in a less than opportune position, where you have AIBs like EVGA is the largest AIB going like, F you NVIDIA, I'd rather make keyboard and mice than produce yeah. another graphics card for you. Yeah. Just saying. And I'm just saying as craft computing that Man, I would love to cover more than I can. I, I would, but budget is an issue. It's it's fully an issue. Uh, I I always try to keep again nuanced perspectives on just about everything that I cover, and sometimes that includes purchasing a a brand new CPU to review a new platform, a new architecture. Sometimes it includes not getting sampled in things. Sometimes it includes making decisions on builds that I might not otherwise make if it weren't my own money on the line or if I was fully funding everything with a proper return on investment. Um, I did a video this year on a $1,000 PC build that not a lot of people liked because of the decisions that I made, but to fit a brand, a brand new current gen CPU and a brand new current gen GPU into the same build 
cost a thousand dollars and the results were chaos and would i have liked to cover the 6700 xt absolutely what i got was a 6400 xt because that's what the budget allowed would i have loved to cover 7000 amd launch absolutely but what my budget allowed was 5600 x content would i love to cover intel yeah and i have finally made some good inroads at intel and got to bring you some 13900k and 13600k coverage and i hope to do some more of that in in the very near future uh whether it be build guides whether it be benchmarks whether it be whatever else but um i can't be all things all the time and and especially when as a member of the media i'm not getting sampled it's really difficult to bring a full story so it is what it is, but I still spend my own money to bring you as complete a story as I can. Heck yeah. I'd still like to make more because Rhett deserves more money than he makes, although he's also fired. So there's. It's a bad time to tell you guys, but you know, that's why I'm drinking the cheap beer tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Couldn't afford a stout after this. Right. Got to make mortgage in December. I mean, that gonna money's going to dry up eventually. <laughs> It happens. Drunk Jeff in February does not equate to sober Jeff in March. Like, <laughs> keep him drunk, guys. Keep him drunk. That's right. <laughs> you just stay a little drunk for the rest of your life. You'll never know. <laughs> I love the comments. Uh, I, re- I receive daily comments about like, oh, my God, I can't believe you drink every day. You see me less than twice a week. Not only that. We just posted a video not that long ago. And I know it's not all the time, right? It's more the exception, but it's like you, we just posted a video where there was no beer review. Right. Like, and there was no very, there was no beer review for a very specific reason. I was working on almost no sleep and had to wake up early the next morning. And it's like, I'm not going to drink a beer right now. Not only that, it was during crunch week. Could you imagine us if we were trying to like finish crunch week after like a big old lunchtime beer Okay, let's shoot our third advertisement for the week (laughs) on top of the two videos we've already shot this week. Oh, by the way, I'm going to do it two beers in because it's 2 (laughs) p.m. Yeah, exactly. Like, we know how to be responsible, guys. Like, it, you know. So you see some videos every once in a while that have a beer in them. It's... I don't know. Uh, I, I say this all the time, and well, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. I'm reeling back, reeling back. Let's reeling bring back. this fish back in, Jeff. So, quick. <laughs> sorry, sorry, he had a Morrowind reference, and he pulled it back just for you. Yep. Ah, thank God, you guys wouldn't have want to be here when I unleashed that one. It would have been like when Red Mountain exploded, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just Talos spilling everywhere. Oh, get, uh, get Talos out of here. <laughs> A freaking divine worshiping dude. Hey, I'm an imperial no, citizen and you will respect me as such. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, go ahead and bring bring your imperial rule of law to my I island. Shut up. <laughs> uh Patrick Stewart was such a great king. What was that? Nine generations ago? <laughs> Yeah, how long? I mean, which which by the divines? Which septum did we kill in Skyrim? Ooh. Was that the ninth? Was that Uriel septum the ninth? I don't remember. It was up there. Kind of runs together. It was up. There. Um, Interesting question. Sean wants to know which cards on the three thousand and four thousand series 
that don't support vGPU. Wouldn't it make sense for any of the NVIDIA GPUs that have 11 plus gigabytes of RAM to support virtualization? Yes, it would. And I would say NVIDIA needs to bring virtualization more into the mainstream. It needs to make it accessible. It needs to accept it as a thing that consumers want for centralized computing, decentralized computing. Uh, However, it's not until they get competition in the market that they're going to change the thing that makes them the most money. And the thing that makes them the most money is enterprise GPUs and workstation support. Uh, so if you want a vGPU license for a supported NVIDIA card, it's like $3,000 a year plus whatever your machine licensing fees are or user licensing fees are, depending on which branch you go with. Uh, me as a home user, I don't need support. I just want you to sell me the driver for like 40 bucks a year. Like, give me that. I'll happily pay it. And just let me run the card in multiple instances. I'll take care of the tech support. That's fine. Um, the problem is enterprise is NVIDIA's bread and butter and RTX and GeForce is kind of admittedly an, after, an afterthought. Um, they will push enterprise tech and then push it to the consumer spaces like, wouldn't it be cool if all your rays were traced? Well, that would be fantastic if I had more than 36 ray tracing cores when it requires like 128 to get decent reflections in cyberpunk. Uh, but I digress. Uh, why doesn't NVIDIA support vGPU? Because they don't, because they never have, because they probably never will on the consumer facing side of things, because they're also a public traded company. And if they start doing something for free that they used to do for a charge, shareholders will likely be up in arms. And that's the the stark and gross reality of where we live today. Yeah. What I will say is... I may or may not have some Ampere vGPU content coming on the channel and holy crap are the results impressive. Uh, like think about two instances on the same card that are faster than a Titan XP. Uh, <laughs> like it's good. But will NVIDIA ever take the locks off of those chains? I don't think they will. Not until there is serious competition that forces them into a market where they're selling hardware and not software, whereas NVIDIA's bread and butter right now is software and not hardware. If Intel becomes competitive in the decentralized and VDI computer space, NVIDIA will have to compete in that market. And that market is Intel advertising that we don't have licensing fees and you can download the drivers on our website. That's when Intel is marketing their flex series, excuse me, their flex series cards with. And at 32 execution cores and license-free VDI, the Flex 170 is very intriguing with performance right around 2080 to 2080 super, depending on your rasterization and RTX needs. Uh as I mentioned, they may or may not have a 128 core GPU kind of in the pipeline 
kind of already in pre-beta testing, kind of already like official on their docket as we're going to release this, it's just when. Uh, on the enterprise side of things, that may or may not support VDI, that may or may not be equivalent to, I wanna know, a 4090. So, the ball is squarely in Intel's court to actually hold up their end of the agreement. But then the ball is going to be squarely in NVIDIA's court to do we want to compete with this and do we consider them our rival? And do we need to match their price points? Do we need to do this? And if NVIDIA still has 98% of the market share because Intel has none of the actual capacity to manufacture GPUs at a scale that can fill enterprise servers, no, they don't have to change a damn thing. And that's just the way of the world. Competition means that consumers win, but there has to be competition in the space. And yeah. right now there's no competition in the space until Intel and or AMD provides it. NVIDIA is going to rest pretty comfortably. Yeah. That's what happens. It's almost like, yeah, well, whatever. Um, does AMD or Intel GPU support virtualization for VMs? No, neither one of them does officially unless you buy officially licensed cards in an AMD's case from an officially licensed partner. Um, I've actually talked about this in some length when it were, uh, regards to AMD with the MI25s where the MI25s were advertised as license-free VDI. You can bifurcate them to your heart's content. You can send them off to virtual machines and whatever bifurcation you want. And you can download the drivers and you can run them and they'll rasterize and they'll render and they'll do everything you want for no additional cost. However, you have to buy the cards specifically from a verified third-party retailer who is authorized to sell them, which cuts your options down to like buying an MI25 as part of a Dell, HP, or Supermicro server. If I bought a card for $200 on eBay, I don't get that same access to the driver download and there doesn't seem to be anyone who's willing to share those drivers. So, no. Uh, Intel, you can certainly buy a Flex 170 or Flex 140 card today and get fully supported virtualization, but kind of the same thing. You have to buy the card to get access to it. You can't just buy an ARC 750 or 770 and expect access to SRIOV. Uh, and I've spoken directly with Intel engineers. SRIOV is going to be an enterprise only feature. It is not going to be available on ARC Alchemist. It is only going to be available on their flex series and higher of GPUs. As much as we want for want it for consumers to be a thing, and as much as home labbers and VDI specialists and virtualization techs and everything else underlying that want fully graphically accelerated desktop instances to totally be a supported use case, the fact of the matter is they're just not. And the problem being NVIDIA holds the lion's share for virtualization. And until someone actually challenges NVIDIA for both overall compute and for scale and for price, you got to win all three. There's going to be little to no change in the market. Uh, Zach says A5000 cough. Yeah, the A5000 still requires licensing. I don't know if you knew that. 
I know I've bypassed said licensing for like 30 minutes at a time. It's still an absolute pain in the ass to do. Um, and I talked to an NVIDIA partner today about whether or not I was willing to go on a YouTube video and say, yeah, you can totally bypass this license requirement from <laughs> NVIDIA for their current generation hardware because I still have hopes that NVIDIA will call me one day and want to work with me and show me and allow me to show the proper way to work with these things and maybe be willing to meet in the middle as far as what consumers and enterprises and small and medium-sized businesses actually need out of NVIDIA cards that we're willing to spend money on. Right? By the way, this second beer is also 12%. Did you know that? I mean, I did, but yeah. There's knowing and knowing, and I feel like you're on the first half of that. <laughs> I don't know. Give me a couple more hiccups, and we'll see how much I know. Uh, Tanmay says, high availability hardware as a service. High, ability, high availability hardware is such a difficult nut to crack because you have to work with instances within hardware that will seamlessly hand off memory and current open sessions to the next set of hardware. And there's not a lot of things that will do that without serious custom software integration. Uh, TrueNAS is one of the few companies that can do actual true high availability as a service, um, but only on self-hosted environments. If you're, if you're looking at high availability as a service, in AWS or in Azure or in any number of the other cloud providers, even Linode, even one of our sponsors, um, there's going to be some downs, some downtime in between transactions between a server going down and a and a secondary server coming back up, because outside of self-hosting high availability, that's just the nature of the beast. Um, I am not fully fluent in that type of architecture, but I work just enough in it to know that outside of custom solutions, there's no turnkey solution that exists. So if you're looking for high availability as uh, who's the bar rescue guy? Don't look at me. I have no idea. Gosh, I, I, I swore you and your wife would have binge watched like bar rescue. Uh, good effing luck. <laughs> Is what I would say. Uh, they do have a second channel, all the B-roll stuff. Uh, we do have a second channel, Craft Extra. It includes clips from Craft uh, Computing's Talking Head stream, as you see right now before you, cut into easy-to-digest sessions, as well as uh, the occasional bonus video, uh, if I'm feeling whimsical and drunk on a Friday. Uh, exactly. Yeah, actually, and somebody only mentioned that because they were like, well, why don't you put the beer reviews on a second channel? To which I say, hey, like, that's a really great idea, and thanks for looking out. But also, like, there's no shortage of people who are interested in the beer reviews on the channel, as indicated You by would be amazed at my viewer retention graphs, and Rhett can second this, that uh, typically a YouTube channel will start at 
and will drop very quickly to 50% after the first 30 seconds. If you can hold 50% after 30 seconds, you're winning. Yeah. Um, because people don't like the way you said that sentence. They don't like your face. They don't like the way you said that sentence. They don't like the blah, 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 blah. People are a hard nut to crack. And, and as a YouTuber, I try to appeal to everyone by having fairly uh, audible, legible, interpretable speech patterns um, and try to deliver things at a fairly regular pace that even non-English speakers can, can take advantage of. That's one of the things that I actually aim to do with my speech patterns. Now, when it comes to YouTube, I will see a 50% decrease from second one to second 25. And that happens with almost every YouTube video because they'll like, they'll click on the video and go like that guy and they'll click off. Now, if you get 50%, it can actually go up to like 65 or 70%. And if you can hold like 70% through three minutes of your video, again, you're winning. Uh, because now the people that have hung on have gone like, all right, this guy's good enough to listen to. Let's hear what he has to say. Production value is good enough. I like his B-roll. He shut up through half of it, which is a plus. Like, like all the different things that people want. Like, could you spell it out for me? Man, this video was long and drawn out. They're, I have to appease both of them. And that's part of the algorithm. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, but you'll get to my, B, my B-roll montage and I'll see a steady decline from 60% to 50% because they're like, that was too long. Talk more. Oh, I'm glad you went to B-roll. I was tired of hearing you talk. <laughs> yeah. It's the same people commenting, I swear. Um, but to the end of your video, or to me, what I consider the end of my video, which is my outro, you know, craft computing, thanks for watching, out of beer logo. Um, if I can hold... 50 to 60% of you, I'm absolutely winning at life. That is a that is a three out of 10 video. That is a, a video that is gonna be recommended for years to come. Everyone's gonna be talking about it for quite some time. Anytime I Google search the subject matter in that video to try to learn more, I'm gonna see my own face. That's what <laughs> yeah. that means. Um, the last two minutes of my videos are beer reviews. And I've realized they don't matter when it comes to YouTube algorithms because I have such a sharp drop off to like 30% and then 30% holds to like 20% and then down. So most of my videos, they're between 35 and 50% uh, through the end of the actual video. And then when the beer review starts, I'll drop to 30 because they go, oh, he's talking more. Oh, he's talking about beer. Yeah. And then 30% of my audience goes, ooh, he's talking about beer. Yeah. And they stay to hear my two-minute review of a beer. And I actually have a fair number of people who only watch the beer reviews on yeah. my channel. Will I ever put the beer reviews on their own channel? No, because it's a hook to bring the tech people in who otherwise yeah. wouldn't normally watch my tech content because they go, oh, what beer is he drinking? It's also a hook for the beer people who go like, oh, I heard of that thing that he's talking about as far as networking or home lab or servers or video streaming or Mastodon or whatever. Let's hear what he has to say. It could be interesting. Ooh, I'd kind of yeah. like to run that thing myself. I wonder if I watch the tutorial two more times if I'll understand it. 
and suddenly I've hooked both audiences in without giving up any algorithmic space whatsoever. And it's this weird little medium. And it's the same weird little medium that exists between consumer tech YouTube and enterprise tech YouTube. Strangely enough, I wasn't popular enough in either the enterprise space or the consumer space to get sampled for the last two years for a lot of major product releases. Because um, they're like, all the consumer guys are like, no, you're a super YouTuber. You you just do like the, the Xeons and the Epics and stuff. And I'm like, I do i9s too. And then I talked to the Epic people and they're like, no, 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 you do like 2600s and that's the top of your game. It's like, yeah, but the people who watch those are decision makers. And it's been this weird paradigm to get people to understand, like you can have a foot in each space and still exist. Like, yeah. I'm not Thanos. Like, I'm still here. Exactly. People still watch. Nah, people like watching Jeff do do his thing. So let's keep it that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, it is about Jeff. Could you spin up a VM on Azure and with an MI25 and pull the drivers out? Here's the problem with the MI25 and with vGPU in general. So this is talking to both NVIDIA and AMD. You require both host and guest drivers. You need both. You need both for it to function because a guest GPU is a function of the host hypervisor. It has to have access to what the guest is doing to decide how to allocate resources. And that all requires its own driver. With NVIDIA, it's called vGPU. With AMD, it's called MXGPU. With Intel, it's also based on SRIOV, just like the modern Intel or modern NVIDIA and AMD GPUs are. However, they all have third-party closed circuit hooks that require specific driver packages to be loaded so you can know what the guest is doing with your guest driver at all times so you know as a host how to allocate resources. There's the rub. Is AMD and NVIDIA and to some extent Intel are not willing to give up the goods when it comes to those host drivers, to when it comes to what's running on AWS's side of the equation. What happens when Azure is running an MI25? How does the host hypervisor interact with the GPU that you are physically using? Because that's the secret sauce that unravels the whole mess. That's the secret sauce that tells you the secret recipe to grandma spaghetti. And as we all know, Eminem found the recipe to grandma's spaghetti and now doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> oh, everybody can see my chat to you. Um, we should shout out NetGuy here for yes. uh, donating $19.99 with a cute little emoji. Thank you, NetGuy. Aww. We appreciate you. There you go. Coming in late, but better late than never. Uh, and we have one more from a horrible gamer. $10. Trying to uh, up my home lab game with procs to host VMs. I'm thinking of buying a Nook for their small profile and lower power consumption. Do you know if they sell NIC cards for them? Th thoughts? Uh, there are no 
dedicated NIC cards for Nook computers. So for those who don't know, Nook is the small form factor Intel PCs. They're the next unit of computing, the thing that should be on your desk, but isn't because, well, Intel couldn't make a graphics card. Um, so a lot of them came with basically gigabit NICs, and that's really all that was included because, well, Intel is the board partner, so why not include an Intel NIC, right? Uh, Late generation NICs, uh, 11th, 12th, 13th gen, have been showing up with some 2.5 gigabit NICs, but that's even still a rare thing. What if you want 10 gig? Well, if you want 10 gig, you can, in theory, 10 gig network a NUC with like a Thunderbolt connection. Uh, but Thunderbolt, all of a sudden you're requiring like $250 in extra power supplies and throwing your power consumption budget in the trash because your NIC is going to take as much power as it will to drive the Nook itself. Now, what I will say in the contrary is outside of file storage, what are you doing on a Nook that requires greater than one gig? Because a lot of services you will host with a Nook, which traditionally has been either four core eight thread or six core 12 thread style services with uh, eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th gen CPUs, uh, doesn't, really translate well into like 10 gigabit worth of traffic. Most of the time it's remote desktop. Most of the time it's VDI. Most of the time it's uh, receiving previously computed, you know, video encoding a la a Plex stream or something like that, where gigabit is more than fine to deliver a 30 megabit stream of your Blu-ray drive. Uh, so... My first question would be not to be all Reddit on you, but why do you need greater than one or even 2.5 gig when running a Nook as a home lab? Secondly, there are some options available over Thunderbolt, but they're just as expensive as the Nook itself. And at that point, you might as well just buy a server motherboard with a 10 gig NIC integrated into it. But my Nook can hold two NVMe drives. I know, and that's really cute. Um, but still, well under 10 gig is going to be your, your bottleneck there. It's a 15-watt CPU. What do you want? Um, yeah. Well, sweet. Probably, um, if you don't mind bringing this, this ship in for a landing here. Yeah. No, I know, I know you got other things to do and other responsibilities to uh, pivot to. I was just looking at, like, do we have any other questions that I have to get to? I'm not seeing any, so I'm going to say this is going to do it for episode 261 here on Talking Heads. Join us every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Pacific time for the latest in beer and tech news at Craft Computing right here on YouTube. Uh, I have both of our Mastodon handles down in the video description. If you're interested in following look us on us. social media, look at us in our new age wokeness. <laughs> the hell with you, Elon Musk. I'll we're, spin up my own hip. social media with blackjack and hookers and non-federated services. Uh yeah, I'm not saying I'm giving up Twitter, but I'm saying I'm not going to be there anymore. I'll be going hard till the end. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is, is of all the people that I imported and all the people that have non-federated accounts, uh, that accounts for like 
of my follow list, and I would really like to see more more of them. So get on over to Mastodon. Right, get on over to Mastodon for the fourteen percent, and hang on Twitter at Craft Computing at Red is, Red is awesome. Uh, we'll be there for a while. I can't say we'll be tweeting all of our up to date content. Nah, there, we're moving on, but you can still get in touch with us. Anyway, hope you all had a fantastic evening. Happy Thanksgiving and Turkey Eve. Uh, hope you have a wonderful Thanksgiving if you're stateside. Hope you have a wonderful Thursday if you are not stateside or like, you know, communist Canada celebrate the 26th <laughs> of December or whatever the hell it is. Uh, oh, God, I just got so canceled. And yeah, as always, the Canadians are coming after you, dude. Go, God, no, go, sorry. Go, that's man. Boxing Day. What am I doing? Ah. No, they're like in like early September. They're yeah, thanks Canada Canadian Thanksgiving is like Labor Day in the US. I mean, one of our mods was just celebrating a couple weeks ago, so it couldn't have been that bad. You want to say it was a couple weeks ago, but I know the mod that you're talking about and it was more than a couple weeks ago. Well, okay. Time runs slowly when you're which, you know. Which would have been like solidly September, which is kind of what I said. Hope you all have a wonderful holiday season. You wonder why we're all so woke. It's because I don't want to step on Canadian toes. Because they'll apologize and then I'm going to feel bad. Uh, Thank you so much for watching episode 261. Here on Talking Heads. We'll see you same bat time, same bat channel right here on YouTube. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. It's still not funny every time you do it. Whatever. I got to run upstairs real quick, but... Uh...